0: Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want to help you feel confident in your role of raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm your host, Joshua Humpa. I'm the children's pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God for the past six years and parent of two spectacular kids. In this episode, we're gonna discover
1: how to make your home a Christ-centered home versus a child-centered home and help you feel like you got this. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to The Confident Parent. Uh, Today, we have a very special guest here in studio. This guy is just one of the best. He's incredibly talented, smart. Um, He has influenced hundreds and thousands of people with his messages and his wisdom, and he's also very close to me. Today, we have John Brooks with us today. John, you wanna say hi to the people? Hello, all you confident parents. It's good to be with you today. (laughs) Uh, John, if you're not familiar with John, he is uh, the young adult pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God. And one of the other really important roles that he plays is that he leads the preparing for marriage courses here at the church. And so he helps lead anyone that wants to get married uh, through courses on how to have a successful marriage. Uh, so, John, it's December of 2019. How many marriages have you officiated this what, this year?
2: Well, I was surprised. It felt like more than it was, but I've done 13 weddings so far this year.
1: That's a lot. I mean, that's at least one, you know, one a month, more than one a month. It's a lot of people getting married. Cool. So, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, You're married. How long have you been married? How many kids do you have? So,
2: I have been married just over 10 years to my wife, Joni. Joni and I met here at the church almost 13 years ago. And about three years into our marriage, we started to be parents. So we have a daughter, Krista, who is seven. Our daughter, Morgan, just turned five today. It's her golden birthday, so
1: she's very jazzed about that. And then we have a one-year-old son named Luke. That's so fun. And if you don't know this about uh, John and I, we're actually brother-in-laws. So what's kind of fun is that we both have boys that are very, very close in age, which is fun. Yep, they're buddies. (laughs) We're loving that. John, how many years have you been at the church?
2: So really, I've been born and raised here. My dad became pastor here in May of 79, and I was born in September of 79. But I have worked here at the church now for 16 years. Wow, 16 years.
1: That's commitment. (laughs) If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) That's wonderful. So, John, uh, you have this wonderful topic that I think is going to help a lot of people uh, in, even including myself and this it's this idea of not putting our marriage on hold once we have kids and i think that's so easy to do because once kids enter the picture it changes everything i mean it goes from being able to do whatever we want whenever we want to do it to very much on demand needing to take care of somebody else and limiting what we can do uh, and it changes us so john can you tell us where did this idea come from and not putting your marriage on hold. Where did you develop this idea, and and how have you seen it help people?
2: Well, it's something Joni and I, (laughs) we definitely work on in our marriage, but there's such a strong gravity once kids come into the picture that without fighting it, without an agenda to not allow this to happen, you will have a child-centered home. And and really, one of the very best gifts that you can give to your child is to have a Christ-centered home and a strong marriage. One of the things that God is thinking about this was one day Krista asked the question. She said, do you love me the most? And she was taken aback by the answer. The answer was no. <laughs> First of all, we love Jesus more than anyone else. Yeah. But secondly, I said, I love your mommy more than you. How did she respond to that? She was taken aback. She did not take that as a compliment. (laughs) But we explained that there's a very clear order in scripture that we are to love God first and foremost. And if I love mommy next, um, that's your mommy and you will be that much better off. You know, our home will be a happier place to be, a more peaceful place to be because there's a strong relationship between mommy and daddy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. John, can you define for us, just real quick, before we dive deep into this, what would you consider a child-centered home? Well, I think a child-centered home is where the schedule
2: is completely determined by the kids, their activities, their sports. Uh, A child-centered home is when they set, you know, we will eat this, we will not eat that, Will only go to this type of restaurant. If you take me to that restaurant, I'm going to pout or not eat. Um, You know, a child centered home could be simply where your kid is constantly interrupting you when you're talking to another adult or to your spouse, or you have something to say on the telephone. You know, it seems like every time I need to order a pizza while I'm driving in the car, that's when, (laughs) you know, World War III breaks out in the back seats. Yeah. Um, But just teaching our kids, you know what? No, the world does not revolve around them. And and yet so much uh, of our culture teaches us that it should be about the kids. I think even the new TVs that so many of us have in our homes, our smart TVs, give our kids thousands of choices, whether it's Netflix or YouTube, and they will hold on to that remote with such a tight grip and just... uh, it's just one of the more signs that you know what everything is
1: kind of revolving around the kids. Yeah, and then I guess kind of on the polar opposite side of that, we have a lot of a lot of people that listen that aren't married, um, that are single, have maybe gotten divorced, and there can be kind of a polar opposite side of this, even if for, for families that are married, where it's not a child centered home. Can you expound on that a little bit?
2: Exactly, you know. <clears throat> There is an unhealthy extreme where the kids are basically left to parent themselves, to take care of themselves, and so this can certainly happen in a married home where mom and dad really have kind of outgrown their roles as mom and dad and they're more interested in the next vacation or just the next date night. And then you could have, you know, perhaps single parents where, you know, they really have a strong desire to uh, be married once again or for the first time. And so just dating or time with friends can really go to an unhealthy extreme where it
1: pulls them away from the kids in the home.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, John, as as we talk about these these child-centered homes, you know, there might be people that say, this is good. Like, I love my kids. I want my my home to be just a a wonderful, safe place for my kids. that They just thrive. This should be a a child-centered home. What would you say are the dangers of having a child in our home? Why should we not do that?
2: Well, probably most simply put, it gives our kids the wrong idea that the world revolves around them. And think Mm -hmm. about how this sets them up for huge failure once they get into school, once there's competition in the workplace, and then ultimately in marriage. You know, our kids do not need to be taught selfishness. (laughs) Nope. I, I want you to imagine, you know, two kids growing up to be married and And the girl, she's always been taught that the world revolves around her. And Mm -hmm. the boy, he's always been taught the world revolves around him. You put those two together in a marriage, man, that's going to be ugly, you know, but it also, it puts a lot of pressure on our kids when they feel like they're at the center, that they somehow are the reason why mom and dad are together. They're Mm. the glue. They give the family happiness. They give the family direction. And that's just simply a weight that they were not created to carry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because how could they, I mean, that's, they're just, they're tiny little people trying to figure out life and how could they ever carry that? Exactly. John, can you tell us a little bit about, um, when it comes to your marriage and your family, um, what are some ways that you've helped to make it not a child centered home, um, and how you've implemented this into your real life?
2: Yes, I w- would love to talk about that. I-, I first want to talk just about the adjustment, though, that we had. You know, sometimes I look back to before when we had kids. It's like, what did we do with all of our
1: time? Yeah, it feels like now that I have kids, it takes forever to put them to bed. And there's preparing meals and stuff. And Before that, it's like, if I didn't have to do that, what would I do with my night?
2: Exactly. When people who do not have kids say they're busy, I just laugh. <laughs> I just laugh. Yeah. Um, but for us, kind of the first transition was, you know, our daughter Krista was born. And right before she was born, uh, this was getting close to Christmas time, I had booked a trip for Joni, Krista, and I to go to New York. And Joni had always wanted to see the Rockefeller Christmas tree. And so I thought, how magical will this be that we will be there holding our little one-month-old baby in front of the Christmas tree. It's going to be a great time. Well, Krista was born, and a week or two after that, Joni starts thinking, well, maybe that's not such a good idea that we're schlepping our baby all around (laughs) the cold streets of New York during Christmas time." So I said, okay, I can see your point. So here's how we'll solve that. We'll switch the trip then to Scottsdale. And so we can just kind of... Get out in the sun, stay at a nice resort. You know, Krista can just sleep in her car seat next to the pool while we swim and use the hot tub. It'll just be great. So Joni said, fine. (laughs) So the night before, we are packing to go to Scottsdale with our four-week-old baby. And then she stops in the middle of it and says, we can't do this. I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can't or I can't so i'm like do i go on my own <laughs> what are you trying to say and so that next morning when we were supposed to fly out i had to cancel that trip but that was really kind of the the first sign that i saw that you know what there is going to be a big change that i had not anticipated the full effects of yet but you know what there was going to be this pull towards having things revolve around the kids, and some of that is very healthy and necessary, and yet there's a balance where you know you can go by and you're so invested in the kids that um, you forget to actually serve one another. Mm. So some of the ways that we certainly try to not have a child-centered home is we try to make it very clear to all of our kids that we have a Christ-centered home. Yeah. You know, I think that's the first way that we fight against this center of gravity, which is all about our kids, Um, where every day, you know, before we go to bed, we will pray and read our Bibles together as a family. Um, We make it clear that our, our schedule of the week is to fit around our commitments of church where this is where we're gonna learn, this is where we're gonna connect with friends and serve.
1: You know, I've seen, being the kids pastor at church, I've seen a lot of families where church takes the back burner towards the kids' schedule. And it breaks my heart whenever I see that because even growing up in the church and having friends that did this, having been in the church for a number of years, it's like this sure path, path to failure that's going to totally ruin their relationship with God for the future. And so I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you say there and not making a child-centered home fit around their schedules and putting church to the backbone, you know, and putting sports or whatever in front of that. But instead Christ-centered home means that we're going to be at church and be consistent to our commitments to learn, connect, and serve at church. John, I think that's really wise.
2: Yes, and again, now with, you know, sports many times taking up either Wednesday nights or Sundays, it really becomes a question every parent has to ask. Okay, um, if my goal is that my child is going to love and serve God and hopefully even better than I am right now, what is the way to get there? Is it going to be for them to be involved in football, in basketball, or is it going to be for them to be in kids' church or in youth group? And again, these get to be difficult discussions, you know, as our kids, we we begin to see their natural and physical abilities.
1: Yeah. We want them to thrive in what they're good at and have fun with life. Yeah.
2: But with us, you know, we've decided with our daughter, Krista, um, she can't do everything. And so we've decided that Bible quiz and things like kids choir are going to be more important than, say, basketball. And we can see that she's going to be... She's an an athlete. She's an athlete. Yeah. She's shooting hoops in the front yard.
1: She loves to do that kind of, you know, sports, athletic stuff way more than painting your nails. Exactly. Yeah.
2: You know, and she could go pro. (laughs) She could. And yet we just say, you know, it's more important that we're developing the spiritual side of her life that has a greater return of
1: investment. Yeah. That'll last for an eternity. John, what are some other ways that. In your home, you make it a Christ-centered home versus a child-centered home.
2: Well, our kids know, you know, that we give to God, you know, that we tithe and that we give money to missionaries. And very early on, our kids begin to see the value of money and they want to accumulate more of it. And so one of the great things, I believe, that our church helps kids with is that they're it breaks down giving into a way that they can understand, whether it's, you know, giving to BGMC or, you know, there's a a girl's store here on Wednesday nights, but the importance of what I've received giving that is one of the greatest things that I can do, especially giving it back to God. And so we want our kids, you know, when they receive, you know, a few dollars and, and a card for their birthday, to know one of the greatest things I can use this money for is to give it to a missionary versus I'm gonna save up for this new toy. Right. Um, some other things we're currently working on with our kids is we're trying to get them not to interrupt us when we're talking either you know, with our nanny or to each other or on the phone. Let um, you do not interrupt. Yeah. We will not listen to you until we're done with our discussion and then the last thing I've thought of is they don't control the remote. <laughs> Please explain. Well, for one, we have really cut down on the amount of television that we have. And so we got a, a TV about a year ago, and so we kind of jumped into the you know, 21st century with our smart TV. <laughs> and it was amazing how quickly the kids just learned that there are countless thousands of programs all of a sudden available to them and we really didn't have a great way to be able to control Mm -hmm. you know what they're watching on youtube netflix is a little easier to control and so we began just to put the remote out of reach and where we're now currently essentially watching nothing until maybe right before bedtime and we'll watch an old episode of Little House on the Prairie.
1: Yeah, and people might laugh at that, but that's good, John. Yeah,
2: it's super old school, but look, (laughs) Laura Ingalls Wilder, she's from Wisconsin. And uh, man, the stories, the lessons that they learn. it's a great show, it's riveting. And again, we want them to be content with mom and dad like watching this program And if you're going to watch TV, you're going to learn to like what we like. And we think this is what's appropriate for you at your age.
1: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying, John. Uh, Even in our home, um, one of my favorite things to do is watch, watch stuff, but we want to make this a Christ centered home. And so we're very protective and limited in what our kids watch. And so actually most days in our home, the TV isn't on with the kids. And paralleling what, what you do, it's the kids don't get to choose. They might ask to watch a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but we're gonna watch it together then. And that it doesn't become a babysitter, um, which is the easiest thing to do for us sometimes, but that it's something that we do together. So I, I think there's a lot of wisdom that can be learned from controlling the remote for families. Well, John, as we begin to kind of wrap up against, r- wrap up this, this conversation about against having a a child-centered home. Um, If there's somebody that, there's some of these things that we've talked about, they're like,
0: ooh, yeah,
1: that's my home. ooh, yeah, I've fallen prey to that. What are some ways that we can fight against having a child-centered home and move towards a Christ-centered home?
2: Well, the first thing I would do is get a good kid's Bible and just every day, you're going to pick a story and we're going to read that. Don't skip a day. Let your kids, your kids will anticipate and be excited for you to spend time reading the Bible with them. And we at church, we're going to offer the very best programs we can. We're going to have the best volunteers we have to love on your kids and to point the way. But we cannot take the place of a parent opening the scriptures and praying with their kids day after day.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Can you tell me, you've got this great idea about creating a vision for your marriage and your family. And I think this will really help any families that are currently child-centered homes or want to become even better Christ-centered homes. Can you explain what this vision for your family and your marriage is?
2: Yeah, it's simply, you know, if you're married, your husband and wife let you get together once a year and you say, okay, What's gonna be the vision for our marriage? What's gonna be the vision for our home and for our kids for the next year? Why did God put us together? You know, God does, um, he brings different people with different strengths together and that can often look like conflict and we can try to make our spouse into what we want them to be. And yet in a strong marriage we're seeing, okay, God in his wisdom, has brought different strengths, different passions together but somehow we make each better stronger because of that. And so that's one of the things we encourage you to ask. You know, I've kind of, there's a few values um, of having vision in your home. You know, one of the first benefits of having a vision for your marriage is that you're going to have clarity. Again, answer that question, why has God brought you together um, and it's impossible to know if you're successful if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish. There's another great benefit of vision and it's that you have energy and passion. If you don't know what we're aiming for as a family it's hard to get excited about it. Um, another value of having vision is just there's purity in the home. Scripture says without vision the people cast off for strength and they fall into sin. Uh, people without vision are vulnerable to negative guidance um, and then just unity um, often couples fight because we're not seeing eye to eye and they have competing visions and really the word division simply means there are two visions taking place and so um, I have a handout that I teach couples that go through our preparing for marriage course And so I just want to read through just a few of these questions and and stop me anytime you want, Pastor Josh, (laughs) feel free to cut me off.
0: We're doing great.
2: Um, but we start off with just kind of the, the big macro view. Why has God put us together, um, individually and as a couple, what has God called us to accomplish in the coming year to further his purpose and how can we work together to accomplish this? What are the major ethical and moral standards we want our family to live by? Uh, what kind of things would we want people to say you know, when our, our lives are up? And then are there any words of correction or direction that God is speaking to us? So part of what makes this vision um, possible is that you need to have a vision retreat. You really need to get away your husband and wife you know for at least one night without the kids without distractions and this is kind of what Joni and I do every year we we honestly don't do a lot of dates but once a year we do leave the kids so that we can again reconnect with one another and talk about what we want our family to be in the year to come
1: that sounds so good and i and i'm sure for those that are listening it's like wow this is a fire hydrant of just incredible powerful things for me to think through and so we're going to have these written down in the show notes so if you're on an iPhone if you just scroll up you'll be able to see see the notes on Spotify it's playing there Um, but we'll have those written down for you because John that is some great wisdom and I think if we really want to you know have that that marriage retreat and create that vision um, we'll need to visualize it and be able to talk through it with our spouse uh, or even with ourselves you know if we're not married yet we want to be kind of determining for ourselves where we want to be when it comes to these things. Well John, this has been extremely helpful and great. It's challenged me as well and I um, appreciate you coming on and giving some wisdom to us about how to have a Christ-centered home.
2: It's great to be here. I would just encourage those who are listening and they want to uh, strengthen their marriage. We want to become known as the church that is fighting for marriage. We believe that our church can lower the divorce rate in oak creek and in the surrounding communities and so we have new marriage groups starting we have uh, groups that have started for parents of children you may have older children and feel like they're that's a, a challenge even greater than when your kids were young we have a new group specifically for parents of adult children we have our new marriage courses starting back up in february and, uh, and a marriage retreat coming up in February. So, and we have marriage mentors. You know, If you say, you know what, our marriage, we just want to make it better. We want someone else to kind of look inside and, and give us some guidance. They're further down the road than we are. We would love to pair you up with a marriage mentor. And so we just want to encourage every family, every parent here today, Let we're here to help. We're on your side.
1: We like to say at our church that we're all in on kids and on families. And uh, if you're not in the Milwaukee area, um, we want to encourage you to, to visit your church. Check out um, check out what marriage opportunities you have there. And we want you to strengthen your marriage through your church. Or
2: just commute here on the weekends. Or just fly in. If
1: you're in California, just fly five in. five
2: minutes from the airport.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, John. Appreciate you being here. Thank
0: you. Today, we hope you feel more confident in your role as a parent and that your family's best days are ahead. Subscribe right now so that you'll always be the first to hear new content from the Confident Parent Podcast. And if you're excited about this, please let somebody know. You can send them a text, rate, right and review. Now so, as episodes come out, please share with the world what you think. Oak Creek Assembly of God is a church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And if you live anywhere in the Milwaukee area, we invite you to come join us on our Sunday morning services at 8 and 1030 AM or Wednesdays at 7 PM. We're all in when it comes to kids and we know that your kids gonna love it. Hope to see you here soon. There's no perfect way to parent and all of us are trying to figure out how to do this. We're praying for you and believing that the best is yet to come for your family.